Hi, I'm Maggie Slight, and I'm here with Kate Mauer, Dennis Schleicher, and Bradley Tablet, and together we are Strangers No More. Kate, can you give us our mission statement? Yes, our mission statement. We will support, protect, befriend, and love members of the Latter-day LGBTQIA2S plus community encouraging conversation that is both faith inspiring and queer affirming centered on Jesus Christ and his teachings. Thank you, Kate. And I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction and tell you, well, first, before I do that, I don't want to forget this. This is important. We are members of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a collective of independent, interesting podcasts to promote thoughtful, respectful, and engaging inquiry and discussion of all aspects of the LDS tradition, thought, arts, and culture. And Kate, you had uh, one of our other friendly Dialogue podcast members that you wanted to kind of give a shout out to. Yeah, I definitely want to give a shout out to multiple, but especially this week, last week we talked about on our podcast, we talked about Elder Holland's talk. And I think as a good follow-up for that, um, especially as a, um, a podcast episode to really get in touch with the spirit around this whole conversation is the Beyond the Block latest podcast, but it's not the episode of the podcast. It is a um, talk by given by um, James Jones in his sacrament meeting last week on Sunday. Um, it's fantastic. It's it's relatively short. I think about 18 minutes. Um, well worth the listen. Uh, I encourage everybody to to get into a spiritual place to want to be able to feel the spirit because it is very moving. Well, thank you so much, Kate. I had not had a chance to check it out, but I definitely will. I I, I I'm loving. All, all of our all of our uh, fellow members of the Dialogue Podcast Network, I get a chance to explore a different one each week. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not really good at keeping up with all of them at the same time. But that's just Maggie. Me. Can I just interrupt for a second? Please say, do. <laughs> I am loving the chemistry of all four of us: of Bradley, Kate, and Maggie, and myself. I just think. I can feel it. I had goosebumps when I was doing the opening prayer before we recorded, and I'm, I just love the chemistry that we have here. So I'm going to say holler. I, I do too. I really love our new cast, but I do want to give a shout out to our, our, what, our old cast member who has, who has gone on to Greener Pastures, Andrew Mayer, because boy, did I feel an emptiness and <laughs> when I went to study the come follow me and to try to give our our audience somewhat of what Andrew had given I can't do that and I'm going to right now and say that please be patient with me I am no Andrew Mayer I have never served a mission I have never been called to teach or preach the gospel I am a convert of eight years with a passion to learn so each week in our Come Follow Me segment, I will be trying to pull some lesser known facts and I'm really going with the spirit. I'm trying to pull out those things that as 
a convert as someone who's new to learning the gospel. This is the, the second or third time that I've, no, this is the third time that I've read the Doctrine and Covenants. This is the first time that I've really studied them. Hmm. So as the spirit dictates, I'm going to bring out those things that have, you know, hit me. But I, <laughs> I am very well aware of my own foibles. And <laughs> I, I think I think there's a big difference, Maggie, you just said something, there's a difference between reading it, and there's a difference between studying it. Oh, absolutely. That is huge. And then there's a difference between actually understanding it. <laughs> mm. That's what I have a hard time with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have yet to figure out that I understand any of our scriptures, but I will do my best to um, pass on some of what the Spirit has impressed upon me. And to get started with that, we are on Doctrine and Covenants 94 to 97 in the Come Follow Me manual, and they have... Um, titled it, the church has titled it, For the Salvation of Zion. And throughout these particular sections, 94 through 97, it's discussing the building of temples, specifically uh, the building of temples in Kirtland and Ohio, and then also in, um, am I right, Kate? Yeah, okay. And, and then also procuring the land for a temple in Independence, Missouri. But then as we start reading into uh, Doctrine and Covenants 97, the Lord has, has <laughs> throughout these particular sections, the Lord is chastening the saints um, for not doing the things that they were told to do. And then there's another aspect brought in, whereas we were previously taught Zion was a place, in 97, we read that Zion is a people, is the peer in heart. And we are asked in the Come Follow Me manual, how do we feel inspired to build Zion in our lives? So I'm going to kind of pose that to conversation how what is the zion and how does that impress upon well, you to build it incorporate that into your life so building the zion for me is like is the gathering of israel and and is is building and bringing people under christ i like that bradley how about you yeah i think it's just a feeling of community and family where people feel safe and loved and supported. Kate? Okay. <laughs> oh, you know I'm gonna go with the historical route. Um, so um, Zion is, is, it's specifically talking about like a mountainous region. I always think that is fascinating that Zion is, is considered um, or we constantly are talking about mountains and what do mountains mean? Um, you know, you have uh, mountains in today's nation of Israel and you have mountains in Utah. And my idea of 
uh, why the geography is so important. You have to be up high and be able to see everything around you. Once you've reached the pinnacle, then you're able to see all these things that surround you. Mm, I like that. That actually goes to the parable that's in the next lesson. <laughs> The other thing that I was really impressed upon, now this hasn't been a part of my personal raising, my personal testimony, my personal being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I would be remiss to ignore the fact that the word pure brings up so many different confusing and frustrating connotations for a people who have largely been raised with a purity culture. Then, or uh, Bradley, I know you have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that is very interesting because it reminds me of um, just this idea that we have in culture that there's one way to be perfect and there's one way to live the gospel there's one way to obey the commandments there's one way to connect with god all of those things um and it makes sense because we're talking about purity and cleanliness and trying to connect with god but i think that we lose that diversity and the beauty that we have in different lives different experiences that people have um Purity culture can become very dangerous when it teaches that this is the one way to do anything. And if you go against it, then you're lost, you're impure, you're imperfect, all of those things. So yeah, I, I'm not a fan of purity culture, <laughs> but. So what, can I ask you, what does pure in heart mean to you, Bradley? Um. I believe that pure in heart means that your desires are in line with the desires of God and of Jesus Christ. I like that. I think when you have been able to bring yourself in line with what God wants you to do, what, um, how Christ lived, that is being pure. Um, fortunately, we have scriptures to see exactly how that was laid out how christ did that but there are many situations that we kind of have to rely on our own understanding and our own revelation with god jesus christ did not live in a time where there was social media jesus christ did not live in a time where there was the social issues that we deal with at least to the extent that we deal with them and so we have like the blueprint but as far as like actually understanding what we have to do in regards to that, we kind of have to do some trial and error, I think, and really connect with God and ask God what we would do. Um, I like the analogy of comparing like a perfect sphere to a perfect cube. Both of them are perfect. Both have utility, but they're not the same. They're not the same I, thing. I, so I, like I think we can learn from that. We can be pure in different ways. I like that. Dennis or Kate, either one of you have an opinion about what is pure? What what does that mean? Well, so I, I would, I, I was just reading something that I wrote for my book, actually, 
that I've been working on all week. Uh, some of the best answers don't come during prayer or fasting. They come when we're serving others. I like that. Yeah. Kate, do you have anything else to add before we finish out this segment? Yeah, I was thinking about what Bradley said. I think that's really interesting. I hadn't actually thought about it in those terms. And I love the comparison with Christ, especially because I think so often we think of pure as children and that we get that idea of mm -hmm. a sort of naivete about the way that children are. Their pureness is also associated with their being naive. And I love the idea of associating it with instead with Christ, who was not naive. He is purposeful in his choices, in his decisions, um, that we don't have to let somebody else make our decisions for us. We just have to be in touch with um, heavenly parents and Jesus Christ in order to make the best decisions for us. So I really like that example, Bradley. Mm. I do too. Um, thank you so much, Kate. I'm, I'm going to leave this particular segment segment with an impression that I had. For me, to be pure in heart means that there's no underlying um, reason behind what I'm doing besides what I'm saying it is. It, it, it's not double speak. It's not double speak, if you will. I'm not yes, saying I'm something in your actions or your words or yes, yes. If I'm thing. being pure in heart, I'm going to mean what I say and say what I mean. I'm not going to have um, and kind of a, an evil reason for doing so, if you will. But that's that's my opinion, and I'm gonna. So, like the intention behind it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the word that I was missing. <laughs> thank you, thank you for catching that. <laughs> I'm gonna throw this over to Kate to start our segment, querying the scriptures. Let's. Uh... Yeah. So, my idea was I wanted to start a querying the scriptures segment on this podcast, um, but I want to get some opinions from it's it's nice to be able to talk with people who are members of the church and we identify as members of the church and we believe in the restoration we have these strong faith this strong faith in our um spirituality and our religion and we're and yet we have very different approaches to that right and very different ideas about how to interpret that and our queerness at the same time and so um i wanted to start this week just basically with thinking about how we think about the scriptures i think so often you would enter into a sunday school session and you already know the answers before you walk in and i would like to look at the scriptures and maybe not know the answer. I would like us to like actually pull apart and think about what this means and the impact that it has on, on each of us. And so to begin with, I wanna talk about how you even get the scriptures and particularly the um, chapter headings, because I think that these chapter headings for these um, verses give us a lot of information, but sometimes they interpret the scriptures for us. And I don't know if anybody really has, if it, if, if you've dove into where these chapter headings come from. So um, you can look up, you can look this up on um, 
LDS tools if you'd like, but there is, um, there's a whole well, section. I, sorry, sorry to interrupt Kate, but I actually noticed something as a convert. I, when I was, when I came into the church eight years ago, I was given a, a copy of the, a, a triple with the copyright of 1981. It wasn't until this last year that I got a copy of this, the version that came out when I, the year I was baptized, 2013, and the headings are different. They're all different. And so when I'm listening to them and if I haven't read them and I've been used to reading this one, it's a whole different. And I, I find myself looking at my old one going, wait a minute here. I, that's not how I read that before. What happened? I love that. Thank you so much, Maggie, for pointing that out because there is a long history that goes into these. And um, I think that this is also come follow me. Come, the come follow me manual is so helpful in getting us to pull out different parts and different elements, but that's not gonna be your entire scripture study, right? There are gonna be things that they can't even cover in Come Follow Me. There are gonna be whole chapters that they have to decide to get rid of. So you have these tools to be able to guide you through the scriptures, but they're not going to be, um, they're not going to be everything. So you still have to, you can read them and then still um, examine them. So I don't know if you all know this, but there, uh, there was this initial Bible AIDS committee and as it was first known, and it included elder um, Thomas S. Monson as the chairman, um, elder Boyd K. Packer and elder Marvin J. Ashton. And then later um, Marvin J. Ashton was replaced with Bruce R. McConkie. So these are the, the chapter headings and they're so great for helping you when you're skimming through, like what chapter did that happen in? I'm not quite sure. And they're gonna give you like the reference for that sort of thing. But this gives us a chance to really think about what does it mean to have canonized scripture and what, how do we like untangle these these sorts of study guides and those sorts of things that are giving us information of how to interpret these things. I think particularly the, this chapter for this week in DNC in talking through um, the temple and exactly as Maggie said earlier, there is, an, there is a call for action and kind of a rebuke. And I think it even says that in the in the chapter heading, if we go yeah, to section, what section is that? I was mm. 94. Yeah. Oh no, it's 95. It says, so this is the chapter heading. It says the saints are chastened for their failure to build the house of the Lord, which seems like a really simple sentence. And now we're going to go in and read this chapter with this understanding that it comes from this Bible committee of how to interpret this chapter through a chastisement. And so I want to think through what does that chastisement mean? Is that really what, what we're seeing here? And I want to know what you all feel about the temple, because these first chap these first verses of this chapter, chapter 94, are a lot. <laughs> um, so in verse one, in verse one, 
um, the Lord uses the words um, chasten, says, uh, verily thus saith the Lord unto you whom I love and whom I love, I also chasten that their sins may be forgiven for with the chastisement, I prepare a way for their deliverance and all things out of temptation. And I have loved you. So I think it's interesting that this is something that this Bible committee is like really centered on. We're going to talk about chastisement. We want to think about chastisement. Um, verse two, your needs must be, um, chasten and stand rebuked before my face. And what is it that they're doing? They're or not doing, they're not building the temple and they're not building it fast enough. And ultimately you aren't even going to get, as Maggie said, a temple in, um, Missouri, in, Missouri. Mm -hmm. yep. in Independence, Missouri. So I want to talk about <laughs> what this means. Cause the next few verses are, you're not being able to go to the temple. And this is a problem and we need to rectify it. And the Lord is mad at us. So how do we interpret this? What does that mean for us in latter days or the, these, these much latter latter days? What does that mean for us that when we're. Well, so Kate, I think the analogy, what came to me was when we lost, when, when our prophet, uh, president Nelson Nelson was deciding to close the temples for COVID, he was thinking, holy stars, what would Joseph Smith think? What would Joseph Smith do? This is the first time in history the temples were closed all over the world. And so when you say that God was angry at us for not going to the temple, it made me think of this pandemic. That's um, totally it's very interesting that that's that's what you're thinking so do you think that there's a chastisement that's taking place because we haven't gone to the temple um well look what happened during this time we had riots we had people killed we had all these things occur around the world to me it just seems like god is angry and i've never said that before so this is new, this is new for me to really say that because I've never really said, because I was asked this last night on, on, on Instagram live was, do you think that God can be angry or do you think that, and I said, well, God is not an angry person. But when I just realized this revelation that I had just had was with everything that's happening in the world, that is, it's scary. Well, I, I, I find it interesting that you say that, Dennis, because you, you say that with everything happening in the world and we're talking about being chastised and such. And I happen to know which numbers that you've been watching for the COVID. Um, and I don't think that with two, two of our members of our podcast being in that state that we both watch the numbers of, that we, we can't wonder as, and, and me, as, as a person who's not allowed to get the vaccine, I was, I just begged my doctor again this week and was told that if I get the vaccine or the virus, it will be the last thing that I ever do on this earth. So, as a disabled person who's very reliant on other people taking care of their personal pathogens, 
it's been a frustration because I, I live in prison. <laughs> Maggie, I can't actually, go to the temple. Uh, Maggie, actually, I think that that plays so well into what a verse that I want to highlight. So can I um, jump back in? Because um, I think that this discussion between the both of you is a discussion that's a, broad, a much broader discussion. And it comes down to this really hard verse for me to read. This is a difficult verse and it's hard for me to figure out how to interpret it. And that is um, verse eight. Yea, verily I say unto you, I gave unto you a commandment that which you should build a house in the which house I designed to endow those whom I have chosen with power from on high. So those people who get to go in, um, have it are, are endowed with power and they're chosen and chosen is highlighted and it has like a little thing next to it a, a footnote next to it then verse nine it says for this is the promise of the father unto you therefore i command you to tarry even as mine apostles at jerusalem and then he goes on to say um the lord goes on for a, a few more verses to say the chosen people are going through the temple and i have a big problem with this not just as a queer person um as also in this moment this discussion that the both of you are having you know maggie physically is not capable of going to the temple and we have a long history of we talk about a priesthood ban but there was a temple ban and the temple ban to me is even more troublesome than the priesthood ban this this prevents gonna bring that up this prevents black um black and indigenous folks from from entering into the temple, men and women, um, and that's that's a big problem. So, Bradley, can you can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So, well, I was just gonna say this whole discussion reminds me of the experience that I had with getting my temple recommend renewed, and how I feel like now, currently, because I just experienced it, and all throughout church history, there have been things set in place by the institution of the church that is banned people from getting these temple blessings. I feel like these are the chosen people that God might be talking about. I chose these people to get these blessings and you're not letting them in. You're not giving mm -hmm. them the blessings that they deserve. That's I, how I, I, I really appreciate that perspective. And, and we're going to have to close out this particular segment <laughs> and move on to you. Move Bradley. on to me. <laughs> let's, hey. let's bring on Bradley's on the record. Great. Okay, I'll try to keep this short. Um, but for those of you who follow my Instagram, I do on the record every week, or I try to at least. It's just a Sunday school lesson about some of the quotes and events that have occurred throughout church history. Um, it's chronological. This document called On the Record is from Kyle Ashworth, who runs Laddergate Stories. Um, and he is really the one who has put in all the effort. He's done all the research. He's compiled it all into this 95-page document. Of, it's, and it's pretty comprehensive of nearly everything that has been said or done towards the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, so I want to start off at the very beginning with the very first entry that he has. So this is from Joseph Smith. It says, and where there is a priest of God, a minister who has the power and authority from God to administer in the ordinances of the gospel and officiate in the priesthood of God, there is the kingdom of God. And I think that relates to what we were just talking about. 
continues, and in consequence of rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ and the prophets who God hath sent, the judgments of God have rested upon people, cities, and nations in various ages of the world, which was the case with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed for rejecting the prophets. Um, I think this is a very fascinating quote, and I want to get some of your input on this as well, um, because first off, there's no mention of queerness in this. He did not say Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for all the homosexuality. It says Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for rejecting the prophets. What are your initial reactions to that? I think a lot of things were <clears throat> are misinterpreted in the Bible because it's something that, um, you know, we talk about, like, I did this thing with my mother once about stones, where I sat a pile of stones on the table, and she said, you're going to hell for being gay, Dennis, and Jesus doesn't love you, and, and I said, okay, here's a pile of stones, um, I'm gay, I take a stone, and then she said, I said, have you had shellfish today, and she said, yes, so I said, you get a stone, are you wearing, you know, silk and, and cotton, yes, you get a stone, when it all boiled down to, she had more stones than I had. And I said, mom, does that mean I take you out in the backyard and I start stoning you? Or, and, and so she still didn't get it, but I'm gonna leave it at that. So, so you were going by a lot of the literal interpretations that her church had of the Old Testament then? is what I'm interpreting that that's what yes, was happening. Yes, that's what I was doing. I, I, yeah. So I was just saying that a lot of things can be misinterpreted. And I think a lot of things, uh, you know, people pick and choose verses or pick and choose commandments that they can follow. And, they, but the one that we're ultimately held accountable to is Jesus, who is going to be pleading our case to God. When, when I first read that part of your Instagram story, I wanted to say that I loved the fact that I had never resonated with the Sodom and Gomorrah being uh, destroyed because of homosexuality. That never resonated with me. And so when you shared that story, I was like, that makes so much more sense not listen i mean because it, it fits the theme it, it it fits the theme of the scriptures it fits the theme of that testament i mean we we have no one well it fits the theme <laughs> kate did you want to add anything about yeah i think that you also have the element of what exactly what Dennis is saying, what commandments are you going to follow and what people are you going to punish? <laughs> what people are you going to other? What people are the ones that you are saying you need to correct your ways? Because we're not pulling the stones, as Dennis says, for um, all the all the different sins that everybody does. This is specifically a targeted um, rhetoric to other people, to I mean, othering people particularly um, LGBTQ folks. Yeah. And thank you so much, 
Bradley. I really appreciate you bringing in that segment. And this is a really fast-paced show. We are already <laughs> at 30 minutes. So we're going to close this out with a little bit of love and light for the week, of, week ahead. Uh, Dennis, did you want to give yours first? Yeah, I'm just going to be really simple. There's something that resonated with me. Um, God has given me the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you. Bradley, how about yourself? Yeah. Um, so earlier today, I attended an event um, put on by BYU students, BYU Back to School Pride event. Um, and I'm just so inspired and like encouraged by what was going on. So my love and light is, even though things are discouraging, like as of now, there are good things happening and there are people gathering and there is a community for us. There were so many people there four years ago when I started at BYU, I thought I was completely alone, um, but clearly that's not true. And so we just have to remember that we're not alone. That makes me so happy. That just brings me so much joy. Kate, how about you? Yeah, I read something earlier today about hope <laughs> and it was actually kind of discouraging about hope. It said that if you're always hoping, then you're never quite in the moment. You're always projecting a future and and thinking about a future so how do we be in the moment and not needing necessarily hope not that i think that hope is a bad thing of course i love hope but i do think it's important to recognize what about the moment are we able to when things are in chaos and so challenging what in the moment makes us kind of dispel those things and for me it's easily gratitude the second that I start listing the things that I am grateful for, the things that I take for granted, the, the things that I can do, um, all of those other bad things that I'm seeing dissipate. And so even though I believe in hope, I do think it's important to take the moment, to take the space, to just be grateful in, our, in ourselves for that time. I absolutely love that, Kate. Thank you so much. I, I believe in the power of gratitude and I believe that the power of gratitude can bless our lives immeasurably. And I think that's what I'm gonna leave is my love and light. So thank you for joining us. We really appreciate all of the comments that we've received through our social media, through our YouTube. We welcome you to comment on our blog, if you will. Please like and subscribe. Hit the bell to be notified the next time that we upload a video. And we hope that your week ahead is full of the love and light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and so does God. Mm -hmm.